Hello, welcome to another Haiku Poet Podcast. Today we are going to be interviewing River. And I also have a haiku. The fire, the pop, the spark. Ooh, the fire, the the pop, pop, the the spark. spark. What did you just get done doing? Skiing. Cross-country skiing. So it feels kind of nice to be hanging out by the fire, huh? Oh, yeah. Excellent. And then we got a real book. We're going to read the book, River, by Elisha Cooper. This is a special book because when I was 21, I kayaked down the whole Mississippi River for three months. You want to go to the Mississippi? Yeah, with, with you and oh, and and, and, and with, with our boy, with, with daddy and, and not with boys and stay home with mommy. You think the boys will stay home and keep mommy company? What if a couple more days I started my boat and I just rushed and, and I went and I got to your place and I just paddled by you. That would be exciting. Caleb, what do you have in your hands? I have a chicky. Aww. Beautiful ducal hen. Can you yeah. remind us, what does ducal mean? A thousand flowers. A thousand flowers. So when you look at this, you see like a light caramel color along with white and black speckles that kind of look like blooming apple blossoms. Yep. And I had a haiku when I was five. Oh, let's hear it. Fresh white snow, bright red feather, a cardinal's gift to me. Excellent. Bright Fresh white snow, bright red feather, a cardinal's gift to me. Cool. Close I wrote it that. when I was seven. Um, I got what my would skis. you like to say? Hmm. I got my skis. Jacob and Caleb got their skis against the garage. And we got one bunny. We do have a bunny, don't we? What's the bunny's uh, name? Frosty. Frosty. Yeah. Elliot, did you have anything you'd like to say? Well, I Let's hear it. Dead flowers, heart beating. You've shared that a few times. That's pretty important to you, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, what season was that? If it's dead flowers. That um it, that means that the frost made it dead, so it was it was like folly. Yeah, winter. fall, winter. Very nice. Alright, so today we are interviewing Elisha Cooper. And We reached out to Elisha after reading this book a few times and thinking, wow, this feels like I'm back on the Mississippi River paddling in my kayak. And I asked him, would it be all right if we interviewed you for our Haiku Poet podcast? And if possible, we would love to read the book in its entirety. And he said yes to both. So here we go. Elisha. How did you get the idea for doing the book River? What inspired you? Are you into doing long trips, adventures, journeys? And he said, the Hudson River is only five blocks west of where I live in Manhattan. I go running alongside the river every day. So the river was always there and I was always looking out at it. The boats going up and down. And I suppose one day I got curious about its source. Where does it begin? What's the river like up in the wilds of the Adirondacks? I immediately saw the potential for a story. And yes, I love journeys. Going out and coming home. 
Next question. Did the story come first or did you draw the pictures and then write the story later? Elisha says, I sketched first, traveling up and down the Hudson, sketching those mountains and lakes upstate where the river is small, noticing how the land changed as the river flowed south. But I began to think about the story at the same time. A traveler in a canoe, a lone woman on a great adventure. I suppose the sketching and the writing sort of happened together. Next question. How long did it take to complete the project? Elisha says, a few years. I'd drive up and down the river and sketch, and then I'd come home and write. This project was slow and steady. I was making other books, too, so the work wasn't constant. But every few weeks, I'd get on my bike or in my car and explore another part of the Hudson. Once the research was done, I painted. That took a few months and was so enjoyable. Then the design, putting everything together, which probably took the longest amount of time. Words, images, exact placement, editing, editing, editing. That seems to be a common thing, right? To, to end up with something that's good, you have to do a lot of editing. I don't know if there is any part of bookmaking that I don't like. So I'd say he's got a really good job if he enjoys all the different parts. Next question. Do you know about the Japanese poetry form haiku? There are many observations within your book that reminded us of haiku-like feeling. For example, you used perspective and the vast difference between the sky and the river from the seagull's perspective. This reminded me of Issa's observations of a snail versus Mount Fuji. Elisha says, I love haiku and thank you. The words were very important in this book. The rhythm and the cadence. Maybe because I wanted the rhythm of the paddling and the days of travel to mimic the words and vice versa. It needed to be of one piece. Each word essential, moving us forward on in this trip. Next question. What inspired the part of your book where the paddler brought, bought snacks for the boys on the side of the river? When I paddled down the Mississippi River, there was a lady who went into her house and made fresh chocolate chip cookies and then her husband drove his boat a few miles down the river to deliver them to me. Such kindness. And Elisha says, what a great cookie story. And yes, the people we meet on our travels give our travels meaning. They're framing devices. We remember them. We meet people or we encounter obstacles, and those events shape the story. The story that I constantly thought about with the river was the Odyssey, a hero returning home by boat. So the tugboat could be the Cyclops. 
or the mountains at the lower stretches of the Hudson could be Skila and Cherubidis. I think those two boys are meant to be a nod to Huck Finn and Tom Sawyer. Another river story. And Mimi read Tom Sawyer to me when I was about six or seven. And I still remember the description that Mark Twain gave of the ham. We're back. We finished out the episode a couple days ago. And when we went to check it out, the battery had died in the cold around the campfire. So we're finishing this up on a nice warm evening in our house. So a couple questions left. Uh, next question for Elisha is, at the end of your book, you mentioned that your kids were canoe models for you as you sketched the book River. How old are your kids? Do you guys have any pets? We have four parakeets, chickens, and a new rabbit named Frosty. But someday we would like to get a dog. And, and, and Elisha says, and 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 we got chicken, Gordy, and and we got new ones, and 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 we are reading books. Yes, good boys. Book. Yeah, River. Do you, do you like this book? Yeah, I You like to keep this one? Yeah. It's a very good one. Elisha says, My daughters are 18 and 16. The eldest is taking a gap year before college, and the youngest is a junior in high school. I paid them $10 to sit on the back of our couch and hold a canoe paddle while I drew them. We have two cats who are the basis for another recent book. Big cat, little cat. I'll have to check out the library for that one. Elisha says, I hope you get a dog. My next children's book is about a puppy called Yes and No. We'll have to keep our eyes open at the library for Yes and No. Yeah, it'll be fun to read both of those books. And then I asked Elisha, is there anything else you would like to share? And Elisha said, I took a canoe trip down the St. Croix in Minnesota with two good friends a few years ago. Once, there was a huge thunderstorm that chased us off the water, and we huddled beneath our canoe at the river's edge as lightning smashed down on trees above us, thrilling I put that story into the book. Someday I'd love to canoe the lakes of northern Minnesota. So Elisha, if you ever come up to the Boundary Waters canoe area up in northern Minnesota, we would love to have you stop by our campfire, share some haiku, some pistachios with us, have a cup of tea. That would be great. All right. And Elliot wants to have some cookies with you. And Eve wants... You like, you. you like cookies? Uh, and maybe some ice cream? Maybe some root beer? Cupcakes! This is getting better. All sorts of fun oh, stuff are on the fire. Okay. Lastly, I wrote a school that I was supposed to visit. And he added in the letter below 
and he said maybe you'd be interested as my Instagram account has a bunch of background on river and it even includes some how to draw videos there's 50 how to draw videos and it's how to draw things like faces trees eyes they're all geared towards children or librarians or adults who want to draw so they should all be child appropriate and parent appropriate but check them out for yourself river by elisha cooper thanks elisha for letting us read your great book here in the first part you can see that there's a map and it shows the length of the hudson river jacob what states do you see around this river new york pennsylvania new jersey connecticut rhode island massachusetts new hampshire maine vermont nice and, then and what where is does that it, one where, lake that's lake champlain and here it flows into what ocean atlantic ocean the atlantic ocean here on this first page you can see the mom is looking at the map with the kids and the puppy and the dad is out loading up the canoe on the car morning a mountain lake a traveler a canoe as she paddles out into the blustery middle of the lake she turns for a last wave to the shore behind her her journey begins eve can you wave bye Say, bye, bye. bye she is alone far from home gray clouds bump into the mountains above her a hard wind blows down through the treetops 300 miles stretch in front of her a faraway destination a wild plan and the question can she do this yes yeah. elliot knows she can do it he's confident yes she can she takes a deep breath and pulls her paddle through the cold water. The canoe cuts across the lake to the headwaters of the river. She enters the river. Cedar trees touch overhead, making a green tunnel. The river is shallow here, scraping the canoe's underside. She reaches into the water for a pebble and places it in her canoe also in her canoe. Tent, sleeping bag, guidebook, map, life jacket, first aid kit, waterproof duffel with food, clothes, water bottles, coffee pot, stove, lamp, book, pencils, a sketchbook. Sometimes the river is so shallow she has to get out and walk, pulling the canoe with a rope like she's leading a horse. Then the water deepens past mossy brown rocks. As she approaches one rock, the rock rises out of the river, water rippling off its back. A moose. The moose watches her. She watches the moose. The forest is silent, but for the thump of her heart and the flit, flit of the moose's ears. She floats past, keeps paddling. Around the next bend, she hears thunder.
The thunder grows louder and the river rushes into a gorge. Stone shelves squeezing the river tight, pushing the canoe faster and faster until the thunder is on top of them. Rapids. She braces her knees against the canoe's ribs and cinches her life jacket. The river turns white and roars, drops, jumps, leaps from pool to pool, bashes the canoe against underwater boulders. She digs her paddle into the spray. Her hat flies off. There's her hat. Gone. There's her hat. It flew off. Now she doesn't have a, a hat, does she? Her stomach flips, and for a moment she fears the rapids will flip them over. But the canoe rights itself, and the river spits them out down into the next rapids below. The thunder fades with a sigh. She comes to shore. After checking to make sure the canoe is okay, she changes into long underwear and warm socks, hangs her bedraggled clothes to dry, sets up her tent, heats a bowl of soup, and eats peanut butter straight from the jar, using a chocolate bar as a spoon. Hands blistered, body sore, she writes in her sketchbook by the glow of the lamp. Above her, Stars come out in the blue-black sky. The moon climbs up among the stars. She is alone, but not. The river stays beside her, mumbling to her and to itself all through the night. When I went down the Mississippi, I loved sleeping outside every night. You want to paddle down the Mississippi? Yeah, 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 and Grandpa Daddy. And with Cosette? Yeah. Cool. All right, dawn comes early, cold and sharp. She brews coffee, then breaks camp, and heads downriver, sliding under an iron bridge. Rusted pickup trucks rattle above her. A driver waves. She waves back. The river winds through the forest. New life appears around each bend. Otters, ducks, dragonflies, a kingfisher. As she sketches, she wonders what word would best describe each animal. Eager otter? She sees a blackberry bush. So she comes to shore and is picking berries when she hears rustling a bear cub. She stops, backs away real slow, and floats off in the canoe. When she camps, she plucks a flower and presses it between the pages of her sketchbook. She eats cheese and crackers. A full day, she thinks. In the morning, she paddles until she comes to a stone bridge and a sign, danger. 
See, Hi, she's danger. coming up here to the stone bridge. Danger. Let's turn the page and we'll find out. Why not dangerous? Well, dangerous, danger, same word meaning. It's just a different way of saying danger, like take care. It's a dam. The river stops. She must portage around the dam. She takes two trips, first with her gear, then with her canoe. She staggers. The canoe balancing on her shoulders. Down the steep gravel path next to the dam, she trips, drops the canoe. A bloody knee. Grimacing, she checks the canoe and her bloodied knee, then loads up and keeps paddling. Creeks feed the river and the river widens. Cows graze in the pastures at the riverside, raising their heads to watch her go. She moos at the cows, and one moos back. The land hums with tractors. The air smells of cut hay. Black flies circle her head and bite her ankles. In the evening, she swims in the river and washes the day away. Treats her bruised knee, falls asleep fast. The next morning, she paddles downriver until she stopped again. A waterfall. There's no way over the waterfall, but there is a way around it. A lock. Locks descend the river here like a staircase, allowing boats to navigate up or down the river. Fishing boats and work boats wait to enter the lock. She paddles into line. The brawny man operating the lock bellows hello. The operator turns a lever in his control shanty. The top gate of the lock groans open. She slides into the chamber. The operator turns another lever. Water drains out of the chamber. As the water level lowers, she holds a rope. See the rope here? Yep. She holds a rope to steady the canoe. Then the far gate opens. The operator bellows goodbye. And she is loosed downriver. Onward. The sun hammers down and she paddles the flattened river. Sweat beads the back of her neck. The country shifts from farms with faded barns to villages with white clappered houses to chimneyed factories on the outskirts of town. At the levee, she hauls up the canoe. Two boys with fishing rods watch from above. Where are you going? asks the older boy. The younger boy stares wide-eyed when she tells them. It feels funny to talk. She asks them to look after her canoe and walks the streets of the old town. It feels funny to walk. At a grocery store, at a grocery, she buys snacks, supplies, postcards, a hat. Cosette, why'd she need to buy a hat? Um, 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 cause her hat flew off in while she's filing 
a half hat flew it off. Her hat flew um, off, um, yeah. Um, it flew off. Why not flap? It's not flied off. It's not flewed off. It's flew. What, what, why not flap? You could say the hat did fly. <laughs> what, what, what? Okay, let's carry on. At the levee, she gives the boys the snacks. The boys wish her luck. Back in the canoe, the river feels familiar beneath her. She paddles away from town and camps that night on an island alone again. Where is the river? It was here last night. The river was taken away by fog, thick and wet. So she reads in her tent and explores the island. High in the branches of a tree, she sees a brambled nest, and down on the rocky shore, an eagle with a fish in its talons, a striped bass, maybe a sturgeon. She opens her guidebook, then her sketchbook. All, you like that line? Yeah. The guidebook, then the sketchbook. All is quiet, but for the sh 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 of a pencil on paper. There is nothing in the world but her, the bird, this place. No one knows where she is. Then the eagle takes flight, its wings thumping the air. The morning lifts the fog away, and she points the nose of her canoe down river. Clouds roll over the mountains, and the river runs through the mountains, between earth and sun. The river is broad here. She hugs the shore. The land passes by, mile after mile, as she guides the canoe south, past apple orchards, hilltop houses, and industrial plants. She paddles the days and camps in the evenings. Her blisters have hardened into calluses. Her sunburn turned dark. Pencils whittled down, sketchbook filling up. The days blend together. Paddling, sketching, eating, camping, paddling again. At night when she sleeps, she dreams she is paddling under a big cloud sky. The river snakes through craggy hills. Rock faces loom above her and plunge down into deep water. She paddles with eyes narrowed on the lookout. Under a shadowy bridge, around bell-ringing buoys, next to railway tracks, and a clattering freight train. When the current is too swift, or the wind too strong, she comes to shore and waits, writes postcards, checks her map. Once the conditions turn, she keeps going and is paddling around a stony promontory when she senses a rumbling coming from the other side and it's heading right at her. Well, it might be a train. Here's the train in the picture. Let's see what this is. Oh, look at that. 
It's a big tugboat. It's barreling upriver, plowing up a wake of water. She hollers. Nobody on board hears her. But she acts fast, turning the canoe's bow into the wake even as water crashes over the gunwale. That was close, she thinks. She lands, hides the canoe among a pile of rocks, walks up the main street of a village, mails her postcards, buys a cookie at a packed bakery, then back to the river as she heads out She feels a drop of rain. Then another, a smattering of raindrops, then a drum roll, then a single sheet blowing sideways, a squall, swallowing her and the canoe and pushing them toward cliffs on the opposite shore before capsizing them, dumping her into the raging water. She holds tight to the overturned canoe and, teeth clenched, legs kicking, drags it to a rocky beach. Shivering, she takes stock. Tent, gone. Clothes, soaked. Sketchbook, safe. She huddles under a roof of trees as lightning dances above her. Night falls. She sleeps little. No one knows where she is. Dawn comes at last. She stretches at the water's edge and finds a piece of driftwood shaped like a fish. As she paddles downriver, her body warms. Then she rounds a bluff and there's a steel suspension bridge with arcing cables and on the other side of the bridge the city there's the city she slips into the city unseen almost unseen a lone gull hovers above the bow of the canoe riding the wind and watching her over its shoulder before catching a gust and rising up 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 into the air higher and higher until the canoe is a small dark dot on the gray blue river one moving part in the wide world below i love that picture how she's just a little dot down there on the river. Me too. And the seagull is way up here. Me too. And there's a plane, a jet plane, flying over the city. Glass mountains of skyscrapers, brick forests of buildings, gorges of streets leading down to the river and crisscrossing the river. Boats. Scudding ferries, tacking sailboats, dueling jet skis, speeding police boats, fire boats, tour boats, tugboats, shoving barges. She paddles the length of the city and listens. Growl of traffic, blare of horns, rattle of subway cars over a bridge, a chorus. The sound bounces off the buildings and over ship masts and down to her. The city, old and new, 
She feels like an explorer, but there is someone here she knows. Someone she needs to see. She paddles through the harbor to the boatyard. Black hulled boats and brick warehouses crowd the wharves. The air smells of diesel fuel and dirt. Standing in front of one warehouse, beaming out at her is a bearded man in overalls, the builder of her canoe. How did she do? He calls down, nodding at his handiwork. They haul the canoe to the wharf and run their hands down its sides. They share a coffee. The builder gives her a small wrapped package. Then she launches the canoe one more time, past cranes lifting and lowering freight, out across the harbor. Through the harbor and under a last bridge, the river stretches behind her. In front, the ocean. A hard wind blows and white clouds race overhead. The ocean is big and wild, but she is strong and she knows what she is doing. She reads the weather and keeps the canoe steady and over the water she makes her way. As she nears the end of her journey, she looks to the horizon and imagines the rest of the world and a part of her wants to keep going. Another adventure, another day, but closer in she sees the lighthouse and she knows it's time for her to be home. You see that lighthouse, Jacob? Mm, oh yeah. Yeah, way in the distance. The other side. Right here. I see it. So she still has a ways to paddle. It looks like a dot. A seal pops its head out of the water and watches her go. Whales must be around here too. And there is the lighthouse, rising and falling in the evening light, growing larger by the minute. As she paddles, her mind plays forward. She can't wait to be with them again. She can't wait to tell them about the moose and the eagles, the rapids and the storms, and then to turn her sketches into paintings and her words into a story. Now she sees them, her family, her children waving, her dog racing down the sand. So she paddles harder, as hard as she can, and brings the canoe to shore. How do you think she feels right there? What? I bet she feels really excited, huh? How would you feel? Mm, what? I don't know. Because I've never been in that experience. Have you ever finished something really big? Like a big hike or a big bicycle ride? Yes, sort of. Maybe not this big, huh? Like, I got almost instead of a lot. Sure. Well, here's the end. So you can see she's home. She's showing her sketches to her kids. What does the dog have in his mouth? The... The driftwood that's yeah. shaped like a uh, fish. fish. Because dogs like fish, they eat it. Well, he's probably going to chew on it. Yeah. Elisha says, I did not canoe down the Hudson River. I am not a capable enough canoeer or a brave enough one. 
especially that last stretch where New York Harbor merges into the Atlantic Ocean with its treacherous currents and tides and boat traffic. But an experienced traveler could make this trip. A few have. It would take considerable planning, stamina, and heart in about 20 days. To research this book, I drove alongside the Hudson, overnight trips into the Adirondacks to explore the river's upper reaches, day trips from New York City during which I crossed countless bridges in search of the right view. To feel water beneath me, I kayaked down the Batten Kill River in upstate New York, a sketchbook on my lap, and I paddled around a lake in northern Maine in Wrangley Lake's boat, wood-ribbed, black-sided, red-striped, It belonged to my grandfather and now belongs to me. And he says the Sandak Fellowship, it's a farm in upstate New York, provided the perfect space to launch this book. Thanks to Brian Floca for our talks. Thanks to Ken and David. Also, Bianca, Rebecca, Paul, Janice, Sasha, Barney, Toby, Elise. Thanks to my daughters, Zoe and Maya who were excellent canoeer models. And we say thank you, Elisha, for letting us feature your book, River, and for doing a fun interview. It's fun to hear about the process of creating a story and all the research that went into researching, discovering, and experiencing the river. And as somebody who spent three months On the Mississippi River, I can say you really captured the heart, you captured the feeling of a long-distance adventure, and you condensed it into a short and beautiful picture book that anyone can enjoy. As an adult, I love it. How did you guys like it as kids? I liked where first his guidebook and then her sketchbook. That was your favorite part, wasn't it? the little um um the like the shape of the fish that's my favorite part too cool what did you like cosette <laughs> um i like the tugboat the tugboat um, and the water even came over the side of her canoe but she turned the canoe and faced the waves head on, and she was safe. Yeah. Nate, how about you? What was something you enjoyed? I liked um, the city part and also the seagull's perspective of view. Neat. Cool. Well, Elisha, thank you. We hope that you have an excellent winter and uh, all the best on the new projects that you're working on. It sounds like... You're always doing some really cool work, and we're excited to see your upcoming work. Did you want to close out this episode, Eve? Can you say thank you for joining us? Thank you for joining us. In the haiku. I go Podcast. All right, we'll see you next time.